So we've been talking this uh, this morning, this past month, about uh, the reality of heaven. Uh, We talked last week about thinking of heaven and what we uh, focus on, what we set our minds on. And now this week we're going to talk about investing in heaven. The Bible has a lot to say about what we do with our money, our time, our energy, our families, all that God has given us. Really, how do we invest? How do we live our whole lives? Jesus taught that what we value, what we treasure reveals our heart. He put it this way in Matthew 6, verse 21. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Knowing that our actions here on earth are a matter of the heart, a matter of the whole being, Jesus calls us to invest our lives not in this world that perishes, but in the world to come that is eternal. Not in in our kingdoms and our glory, but in His kingdom and His glory. That's Biblical Investments 101. We're going to unpack Jesus' words a little bit. Um, If you would turn with me to Matthew chapter 6, we'll begin reading in verse 19 and work our way just three verses to verse 21. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19. Jesus said, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus' teaching is straightforward enough. Don't store up treasures on earth. Store up treasures in heaven. But it's important to to understand what that means. What does that look like? And, and it's important, in order to understand, to define our terms. And So I want to start with the word treasure. What does the word treasure mean? Often it's described in terms of money and possessions, you know, riches and wealth. That's what we think of when we think of treasure. But really the term is a much broader term and it speaks of things that we value. Something a person treasures is something you value above other things that you have or that you would like to have. It's something that you value above all else. You know, we value a lot of different things. I was reminded of the old saying, one man's trash is another man's gold. One man sees that item, uh, maybe it's a truck or or whatever, as, as a throwaway thing, and then the other man says, no, this is a treasure. <laughs> One man may value money, 
Another man may not care so much about the money. Maybe he cares more about his career and, and having, having a successful career. And yet another man may not care so much about the money as long as you got just enough. And he may not care so much about his career, but he cares most about his family and the relationships that he has. One woman may value fancy clothes and, and living the, the high, highest society life. Another may work hard and value giving their children a, a better life, teaching them to be prepared for this world, content with the, the simple comforts of home. There's different things that we may value, different things we treasure. Well, what do you value? Begs the question. What do you desire most often? What do you treasure if we don't think about this, how can we think about what we do with the things that we treasure? How can we think about um, what God would have us to do with our lives if we don't take thought to these things? Maybe you're, you're like, how do I know if I treasure something? You know, there's things I need money to live and, and stuff, right? And we go, how do I know that something's become a treasure to me? Well, are, are you discontent without it? You feel like you couldn't live without that? What if you have it? Let, uh, let's I'll just use the money, use example of money because it's simple. If you got money, do you feel like you need more? Or if you have the comfortable life that you want, do you, is it just not quite enough? Just not quite enough success? Not quite enough praise from, from others? You feel like you're always desiring and needing more. What about would you fight over that? Will you quarrel over that? This is what James says that fights come from, the desires that wage war within you. If you can say yes to these things honestly in your heart, then likely that's just something that you value very much and you treasure to be willing to, to take an honest look at ourselves daily, to be willing to ask God to search our hearts, to reveal our sins. The psalmist prayed, Lord, see if there be any wicked way in me. And that was his prayer. It's uh, not, not an easy prayer to pray. But it's a good prayer if we, we want to seek God's kingdom to, to value him above all else than to, to take a look at our lives and examine what we treasure. Are you willing to do that? That's the first principle of, of biblical investments 101, to examine what we value in life. Now, it matters what we value, but it, it just as much matters where we put what we value. In our text here, Jesus 
He's not just concerned with what we treasure, but he's, he's talking about where we put our treasure. He says, do not lay up treasures on earth, but lay up treasures in heaven. So Jesus spoke of these two places that you might store up your treasure. He speaks of earth and of heaven. Oh, what does that mean that to lay up treasures on earth or to lay up treasures in heaven? First of all, um, to lay up for yourselves, that word means to to stockpile, to store up, to put away in your your treasure room, which one does by by acquiring more treasure, investing in things, and, and, and investing in keeping it there. So if, let's say, your treasure is um, man's praise, then you desiring in your life is, is built around working to, to acquire more praise from, from man. And the things that we do, we're, we're seeking after that, to put it away to, to, um, for our own gain now when we lay up treasures on earth our focus is on the here and now of this life we're living to acquire treasures x y and z and comfort and success and happiness or whatever in this life on this earth and, and ultimately, when we do that, whatever your treasure is, it's done for our own gain. We're living for our kingdom, what we can have now. On the other hand, to lay up treasures in heaven is to look beyond earthly wealth, earthly relationships and hopes and dreams, to look beyond these things to Christ and all that He promises that we shall have with Him. How do we invest and how do I store up, you know, eternal treasures that I cannot see? Firstly, it begins by Counting the cost and, and following Christ. There's no other place to begin than to trust Him. To believe that He is worth everything. That He is of supreme value in our lives. And when we, we look at God and His kingdom as of the most valuable thing in this world that we could look forward to and enjoy now His presence, then we begin not to live for this world, not to live to put treasure on this earth, but in heaven. And so we are willing to to use the things that God has given us, whatever that may be, for His kingdom.
so that we might glorify God. In 1 Timothy, Paul is speaking uh, to, to the rich, and he says in chapter 6, verses 17 to 19, As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty or proud, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. See here, Paul redefines what life is. Life is to <laughs> live for the Lord, to be in His presence. He charges them not to set their hopes on, on riches, on this world. It's uncertain. It's not going to last. But rather on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. He is generous with us. And so we can use what God has given us in this life for His glory, trusting Him to provide and, and following in, in the example of Christ and being generous ourselves and doing good to others, being rich in good works. And Paul says very clearly that this is storing up treasure as a good foundation for the future. This is what it means to invest in heaven. To live not for this world and what we can gain here, but to live for God and His glory. To follow Christ's example in being generous with all that we have. We see this in Luke's gospel. Um, Jesus talked about treasures in heaven. It's kind of the parallel to the, our passage in Matthew. And he said there, sell your possessions and give to the needy and you will have treasure in heaven. Don't live for the things on this earth, but use them rather for the glory of God. Later, Jesus said the same thing to the rich young ruler. In Matthew 18, verse 22. And he was asking him to, to give up what he loved for his sake. And at the time, the man went away and he was sad. Are you willing to give up what you value for Christ's sake? Are you willing to do good and to seek righteousness? More than food or clothes or anything else. You know, just after this, Jesus will go on to say, don't worry about the things of this world because I'm going to take care of you. What he wants is for us to seek his kingdom and his righteousness that he gives. And he will take care of all these other things. As we live for him. So we've considered two principles. 
Consider what you value. Consider what you treasure. And consider where you put what you treasure. Do I use earthly treasure for God's kingdom? Or do I live for earthly treasure in my, my kingdom? Is my focus on the Lord and what He would have me to do with whatever He's given me, whether it be my time? What would you have me to do with my time today, Lord? How would you have me be a witness for you today? Or is our thought, what can I do? What can I get done? Or, or what can I, uh, how can I have fun today? Not that fun is bad or accomplishing things is bad either. But uh, who, who is it for? Why do we do the things that we do? Now, here's the thing that I love about the Lord. Uh, one of the things, there's many, many things to love about the Lord. He doesn't just command us to do stuff. He doesn't just say, now you guys, you store, don't you dare store up treasures on earth. Don't you, you got to store your treasures in heaven. Now he says, he gives us reasons. He, he's gracious with us and he speaks to us as to why this matters. Speaks to our heart, to our conscience, that we might um, know why this matters. And he does this in a more convincing way than your typical investment banker. He, he's, he's speaking uh, to, to our hearts. Uh, here in our text, we find two compelling reasons for investing in Jesus' kingdom. Number one is pretty simple. He says, the treasures of this world, where if you treasure on earth, Moth and rust are destroyed, and thieves are going to break in his steel. So, you know what? The treasures of this world are going to rot, and they're going to rust, and you just might get robbed. And in the, in the end, Scripture teaches that, that uh, this world is, is, not, is going to be no more. That he's going to remake the world uh, for his people. Um, on the other hand, so we see that treasures stored in heaven, they're different. There's no moth there or, or rust. Thieves can't break in and steal from the storehouses of heaven where God uh, is storing up his blessings for all eternity. Blessings which he now gives to us as we look forward to that day. In terms of investments, the world is a foolish investment. You can look many places in, in the Bible. Jesus talked a lot about the folly of living for this world and for its, its riches. The parable of the rich fool is found in Luke chapter 12, in verses 13 to 21, and it's a reminder that we don't know when we're going to die. The rich man, he got done. He was talking about building bigger barns. He had a great harvest. He was a successful farmer. And so he was telling himself, you know what? You eat and drink and be merry. Life is good, right? 
Life may be good, but uh, the Lord said at that time, it's your time to die. And you know what? All the things that he had worked towards were not going to be his. They were going to go to someone else. And Jesus concluded talking about this, uh, this parable, and he said, this is the one who lays up treasure for himself. He's focused on, on his life and what he can gain for himself and is not rich toward God. This man did not apparently give God a lot of thought. He didn't really give God any credit for the things that God had, had given him. You know, we may be very happy living for ourselves. This man was quite happy. He, he, he was enjoying what he had gained in this world. But in the end, he was the fool because he wasn't going to have it for many, many years to come. He wasn't going to have whatever it is, whether it's, it's those kinds of riches or comfort or, you know, if you live for success, you're, God may take that away from you or you may die. So in the end, whatever way we slice and dice it, Scripture is clear that it's foolish to live for this world as though it's going to last, as though it's the end game. On the other hand, Christ is worth giving up everything. In Matthew chapter 13 just three verses, uh, verses 44 to 46, we, we have the parable of the treasure in the field. And, and this uh, is the story Jesus tells about a man who found some buried treasure. And he was, he was very happy. He found it in a field, uh, belonged to somebody else. And so he decides he's going to sell everything that he has to buy that field. And he does. And you know, we can kind of see how that's a worthwhile investment. Look, he, he, he got way more out of that. He got this great big treasure chest, I imagine. And he probably, you know, he had a few couple bags of coins stashed away. So he got a good return. He, he was thinking ahead and invested. But do, you, do we think that way about Christ and his kingdom? Is his kingdom worth giving up your kingdom? That's what this man did. He gave up everything he had. Is his glory worth giving up your glory? What about power? Is his power worth giving up your power, control of your life to say, Lord, I'm your servant? Jesus is a far greater treasure than any kind of gold and all the gold in the world. And he's a far greater comfort than any comfort in the world. It's not the comfort that is here and gone tomorrow, but a comfort that lasts us through the trials of life and into eternity. He's a far better friend than any friend that we might have in this world. He's a friend who will always be with you. There's no greater investment than to trust in Him alone for salvation, 
and to love him with all that you are and have. And I can't think of a greater joy than to hear the divine approval. Well done, my child. Well done. Good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. The first reason why we're told to invest in heaven and not on earth is that this world is a fool's investment. It looks really good, but it's rotten on the inside. But God's kingdom will never disappoint. And so to to see, to remind ourselves of this truth, the, the light that he is worth it all. So important. The second reason that's given is what I began with in verse 21. It's where your treasure is, where you put your treasure reveals your heart. In other words, your inner being, your who you are, is wrapped up in where you put your treasure. You can't separate what you do and love from who you are. Jesus is going to go on to say, you can't serve two masters. You can love one, but you're going to hate the other. James says, whoever wishes to be a friend of this world makes himself an enemy of God. So we're talking about the direction of our whole lives. What is your heart seeking? What do you live for? What will you invest your life in? Because where your treasure is, that's where your heart is also. So in Biblical Investments 101 from Professor Jesus, um, consider what you treasure above all else. Because that's what you live for. That's where your heart is. So consider what you treasure. And then consider where you put what you value. What do you do with the things that God has given you? Do you put all your hopes in this world? Or do you live for God's kingdom? What should we do in light of these things? What should we do in light of the fact that that Jesus tells us that the wise person is the one who does, uh, hears my word and does them? As uh, John would later say, the the world and all its lusts is going to pass away, but the one who does the will of the Lord abides forever. What do we do in light of these Truth. Well, I think Jesus said it simply enough. Lay up or store up treasures in heaven. And take thought about, you know, how do we in, I invest my time, my money, my possessions, the energy that I have. And 
even our relationships for, the, for God's kingdom. Be willing to, to give up, to use your earthly treasures to gain the far greater treasure of Christ and His kingdom and His people. Now, I'm not really talking here about giving a certain amount of money to missions every month, though I think giving to missions is, is huge. It's important. Paul told the Corinthians, he said, give what you've decided in your heart, cheerfully, not of compulsion. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 7. What I'm saying here is to give of yourself your, your time, your money, your gifts to seek to live for Christ. This is an expression of our worship. Paul wrote in Romans 12 of being a living sacrifice, to offering ourselves to the Lord and to do His will. The renewing of our minds that we would know what He would have us to do. And it's costly to do that. It's costly to live for God's kingdom today. So, you know, it's a sure investment, but it is costly. Because you're giving up something that you can see for something that you cannot see. Jim Elliott once said, He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And I've heard that quoted by many different people. It's encouraged me. It, it, it's one of the reasons that I decided that it might be okay to join, be, uh, come and go into ministry, that it might be worth it. Um, but you know, what, what speaks the most to me is what he did. You see, Jim Elliott gave up a comfortable life in America and, and uh, he was murdered by a tribe in the jungles of Ecuador, a tribe that he was seeking to reach with the gospel. He gave his life, which we can't keep. And he gained Christ. His heart was with his treasure and he valued Christ. Now, he didn't go there planning to be a martyr or maybe even expecting it in any way, but he was willing to do what God called him to do because his heart was treasuring, valuing, loving the Lord more than anything else. So where is our heart today? Where is your heart today? Is it stored up with your treasures in heaven, living for the kingdom of God and His glory? Or is your heart set on the things of earth? Your kingdom, your glory. It all comes down to a matter of what we love. If you love God, then you will... Invest in his kingdom and you will seek to know as best you can how he would have you to do that each and every day. Whether it be thinking of your time, thinking of finances or whatever it may be.
If we believe that God is the most valuable treasure in the world, then our lives will be radically changed in what we live for. And it may not look like Jim Elliott going to Ecuador, but it will look like something that the world sees and, and gives glory to God and sees the light, His light, His truth in our lives. Paul wrote, I count it all as laws for the sake of gaining Christ. Does your life, does my life reflect that? This world's a foolish place to invest, so live your life for God's kingdom. And you will not be disappointed. For the one who does the will of the Father abides forever.